And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is the Art of Health podcast. Topic to discuss today. This is something that is personal to everybody, even if you've never realized it. And that is the change in your identity when you attempt changes in your life. And this is something that people find out the hard way more often than not, that when you are going through major changes, positive changes or negative changes, that your identity shifts and that who you are as a person is not so fixed as you might believe. I've seen this for years now with clients over and over and over again when they come in and they are at a state where their life is to their discontent. It is to their dissatisfaction how they are living. They are unhealthy, they are overweight, they don't go outside often enough, their blood pressure is high, they sweat way too easily just walking up the stairs, going outside for a walk, which they don't even do in the first place. They don't have the energy to be with their kids, they don't have the energy to have sex with their wife, they don't have the energy for anything, and they go through work every single day, running on Red Bull and rock stars and coffee. And then they get to the stage where they realize that they have degraded and they are now a lesser version of themselves despite perhaps making more money in a job or maybe hating the job and just not even having made more money but feeling stuck. But regardless, we get to those points in life where we are not necessarily happy with where we are at. Change then is not just behavioral. It is not just rituals that you do. It's not just I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. now. I'm going to hire a trainer It's not only reading some books and deciding that, oh, my mindset's going to be different. Who you are, your solid identity, your mental perceptive image of yourself, if I was to ask you to define to me who you are, tell me in words, give me what your values are, what are you about, how do you live your life, could I look at you in any given second at any part of your day, and what what would it tell me about you? All of those things shape your identity. All of them. In, uh, you know, in Freudian psychoanalysis, you have the, you know, the id, the ego, the superego. I think, you know, not to go on a psychological analysis tangent, but you know, to simplify that down to the level of just speaking to somebody person to person, I, I would always characterize people in three ways. I would try to help them organize their personality, so to speak, in three ways. You have what you do. You have who you think you are, and then you have the disconnect between the two. So you have what you do, who you are, and then the disconnection between those two things. And the interesting thing is, is that most people, most people, people, when you, when you sort of tell me who you are, tell me about yourself, talk to me. That's what I always t- would tell people, talk to me. They would give you so many different things. So many different things in the sense that they t- try to describe to you, you know, where they're at in life and Maybe this is how I think, how I got here, and but this isn't who I really am. And I, but I'd like to be this way, and maybe I'm not making sense. And I hope I hope you, know, you can follow this. And I, I know what I'm doing wrong, but I need help. And it would be all all a range of conversations. Some people would have very astute realizations as to how they got unhealthy. For others, they would know they were unhealthy, but their perception of it and why it was it was still a mess to them. And I'm speaking of the whole range of human experience. Obviously, there's no one kind of conversation I had. But what I would try to point out to people 
know, for every one of those conversations that took place was when you're describing how you think you are, and then you're telling me within the same sentence of how you don't like how you're living, there's a breakdown there. That breakdown is where your identity actually is. Because if I go and look at your daily life every day, and I watch you, and you wake up right before you have to go to work, and you rush to Starbucks to get whatever you know beverage you're going to get that's, you know, let's just say it's frappuccino filled with sugar. It's not the ideal nutrient-rich breakfast. And you go to work, and you're listless for half of it, and then you rely on caffeine to do the rest of your work, and you avoid having uncomfortable conversations with your boss, and you get home, and you have a demon in the house where you and your wife or your girlfriend or your husband are not really talking about when you talk about if I watch all those things from an outside observer standpoint, and then I go to describe you, you're probably not going to like what I tell you. Now, the irony to that, if it, were, if it is, is that the way you describe yourself to me is probably going to be the opposite of how I describe yourself to you. Do your actions reflect who you are? Does who does who you are reflect your actions? If they don't, and you're going to set about changing it, and you're going to go change your life, then you have to realize that your identity will change. Everything about your life that has been modeled upon your behavior, that is connected to it, all of those things are going to come into a state of dynamic tension. They're all going to come into play. They are all going to come into attack, maybe. People find this out. When you've been living lazy, let's say, you've been living as a lazy, sloth, slothful person, in all of your relationships, and everyone you know has that model of you as to who you are, they're going to run up into resistance when you start changing. Clients would ask all the time, why are my friends trying to sabotage me? Why is my family not being supportive? Why am I feeling like my relationship with my partner is off somehow? And I didn't have the answers for them per se, but I had questions. I would ask them, how does your family know you? How does your partner know you? How, does the, how do the people at work know you? How do your colleagues know you? What would be their estimation of yourself? Because what you're seeing, based upon what you're telling me, is that in the process right now, in these last few weeks, few months of trying to change how you live, you're realizing that people have expectations for who you are. And you're no longer fulfilling those expectations. You have disrupted their sense of reality because you have changed your identity. And you have realized that for all those connections that you have with those people, and they, those connections are part of your identity. Everyone that you know, everyone that you've ever interacted with, everyone that you have a relationship with, that shapes your psyche. You are realizing that all those things are now being, come, now being called into question. They are breaking down. They are being remade, perhaps, or they're being lost. It could, could be one, could be all three. Again, this is a change in identity. People do not account for the fact. When people sit out to change, you do not account for the fact that everything in your life led you to this point. That means everything in your life that knows you has a perception of you and has expectations for you. If you start breaking those expectations, if you start not fulfilling them, if you start making people feel inadequate, if you start making people question who you are, they're not going to like it. Very, very often, you see this with people that are, let's say, you know, drug addicts. I'll say alcoholics. I've had a number of alcoholic clients or former alcoholics. 
And you hear this, this is very cliched for people that are former alcoholics, where they decide to stop drinking and they lose all their friends. They decide to stop drinking and they lose all their friends because all of their relationships were based upon the alcoholic experience of sharing drinks. And now that they're not doing that anymore, those people have no other way of knowing them. I've seen this in relationships with, I'll speak to being a man, I'll speak to my male clients. I've seen this many times with my male clients in their relationship with their wives where they decide they're going to start lifting. They're going to try to re, you know, reassert their masculinity, so to speak, reclaim it. Not, not assert in the sense they're going to bash people over the head with it. I'm speaking in a positive sense that they have been feeling lacking in who they are as a man and they want to remake themselves. So they start lifting weights. They start feeling more positive aggression. They start feeling more take charge. They start feeling better. And the people in their life are surprised. Their wife is surprised. Their spouse is surprised. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes their companion, their partner, sometimes their woman has wanted them to take charge. She has wanted them to try to get that part of themselves back. And she's ecstatic about it. Other times they realize they're in a relationship with a girl that absolutely fucking hates them. And they met somebody at a junction in their life where they were essentially, to be very cliche, they were a beta and they had no sense of, of assertion. They had no sense of aggression. They had no sense of masculine definition. And now that they're putting that into practice, their girlfriend doesn't like it. And they realize that they're whipped. They're beaten down. They have a, they have a girlfriend that they have to ask permission to have sex. They have to ask her permission to do anything and everything in their life. And holy shit, their identity has changed. They are no longer that person that she knew. They are no longer that person that they were. And that relationship has to end. Otherwise, you're going to be in a toxic situation. I've seen the same thing happen with women. Same thing with female clients. Even more pronounced. They come in, they start lifting weights, they start feeling stronger, they start feeling more assertive, they start feeling more capable. That's the big thing with women in strength training. They start feeling more capable with themselves and what they, what they can do with their life and their ability to handle adversity and their ability to take care of things. They start feeling more capable and their husband doesn't know how to handle it. Their husband starts feeling inadequate. Their boyfriend starts feeling inadequate. Now, now their, their girlfriend, their wife, she's stronger than them, and she's more fit, and she takes better care of herself. And they feel like they're in a position of being made small. They have lost their footing in regards to the dynamic of the relationship. And they might not like it. They might not like it. They might be very much against it. I've seen that happen a few times, and it's been very unfortunate where I've had female clients, and they get really fit, and they're very, very into it, and they love working out, they love just lifting weights, love how it makes them feel, and their husband is mad about it, because the husband is a fat, lazy piece of shit, and he knows it, and I can say that as a man, man to man, men know how they feel when we look in each other's eyes. Yeah, I will not, I will not claim to, you know, fully understand and comprehend and know everything about women, I do know as much as one can know about men. And I've had husbands come in. I've had the wives come in. I've had them both come in. The husband is at a loss to explain how this is making him feel like he is an emasculated little piece of shit. And he knows it because his wife now is fitter than him and stronger than him, relatively speaking, and takes better care of herself. And now he's freaked out because he doesn't match her anymore because she's not going to take his shit because he looks lazy and he is lazy and she can do better than he than him. That's not a nice conversation to have. It's an uncomfortable one. But I have had it. I've had I've told people that maybe you have to have that conversation. Maybe your relationship is not what you thought it was. Maybe the dynamics have changed. Again, I don't have 
answers as to what to do, but I can tell you that you need to ask yourself these questions as you try to do right by yourself, as you try to change your life, as you try to implement healthy habits, as you try to wake up at 5 a.m. or go to the and go and wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym, as you try to make strength training a routine that you practice, as you try to eat healthier, as you try to do better activities, as you try to take care of the things that you know you have been neglecting, all of those pieces of your life that have been built upon your weaknesses and inadequacies and your sloth, all those things are not going to like you taking action. They're not going to like it at all. They're not going to like your new identity. And your new identity, your internal one that you are remaking, you're going to have to base it upon the future. You're going to have to base it upon yourself. You cannot base it upon the past. You cannot base it upon the past because the past is what got you into that position. And that's, that's something that people struggle with. That's a, it's an immense struggle oftentimes, much of the time, where you realize that your values and the way you lived your life, that was the old you. That was past tense. You cannot take how you were and remake how you will be. You have to be a new version. And that new version may require new values. That new version may require new principles. That new version will probably require new experiences to put your you know, newfound principles in the, into, into play to test them out. You're going to have to explore yourself. And that can be frightening. That can be frightening because you're redrawing the boundaries of who you are. You're taking them to a new point, an unexplored, a previously unexplored point, and it's not familiar. It's not how you've been living for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. It's a new you. Now, I'm not a fan of that term necessarily, but it's true. It's a new you. You are a new version of yourself. These are all things you must reconcile. Changing your life is not simply changing what you do. It's the internal change of yourself and your identity. You know, what's, what's the Aristotle quote everyone likes? You know, excellence is a habit. You know, we, we are what we repeatedly do. It's true. It is absolutely true. You are not who you think you are. You are how you live. So that gap, that chasm in some cases, you're going to have to fill that with something. You're going to have to fill it. You're going to have to build a bridge across it. You're going to have to do something with it. Because if you avoid it and you think that it's not going to matter, I can tell you you're going to be in for a world of pain and confusion. For a long, long time, in fact. It's going to be difficult for you to, it will be nearly impossible, actually, for you to attempt to change and, in a reductionist sentence, not change your thinking, not change yourself. So make, the, make of that what you will. Take towards the heart. Ask yourselves the uncomfortable questions that you know you need to ask that you don't answer. And I will say good luck with all of it. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys again. Adios.